Today on episode number 455 of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements, we've got a lot of podcasting news from Adam Carolla, BuzzFeed, NPR. We've got a couple podcast monetization strategies, and he's been helping people connect with their audience for over 20 years. Today, we're talking with David Hooper about making a big, bold impact. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, look, we help you massage your message. We help you tackle the technology. We help you flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. I talk about all things podcasting, and our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. I am pleased as punched. Please is punched, past sense. Apparently, that was yesterday that you are here. I want to thank everybody who uh, sent in feedback about last week's episode. It was about making an impact, and I had so many people say, "Man, that was really, really good stuff." And uh, thanks to Brian from ProfitCastUniverse.com and Steve Stewart from MoneyPlanSOS.com for uh, letting us share some of their insight. We talked about word of mouth, and we're going to kind of continue on with that uh, kind of topic today about impacting your audience. And uh, if you're new to the show, you know I always like to uh, start off with a little news or because of my podcast story, things like that. We have a lot of news. First things first, Adam Carolla and Dennis Miller, two comedian, you know, bigwigs, for lack of a better phrase. They have, uh, they put together, they put themselves together. They, they were doing a podcast remotely, meaning Dennis, I believe, is in California and Adam is in New York or vice versa, one of the two. They weren't in the same studio. They had some technical issues. And there's an example of, I liked the podcast, but we're going to talk about this today about, you know, you, you don't have to release everything you record. And I got the feeling because both these guys do radio shows they kind of knew what to do, but I don't think they rehearsed very much. And basically, Adam Carolla is a very busy dude. And so after six episodes, thus proving again that not all podcasters make it to episode seven, uh, their show has gone on hiatus because Adam has a bunch of TV shows and things and such. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. They said it's, you know, they hope to have it back in July. Uh, we shall see. But I thought that was kind of interesting. If you've ever heard of BuzzFeed, this is a uh, a news source that gets quoted a lot. They follow a lot on uh, social media, and they have um, they have some content on there that's not exactly safe for work. Kind of spotting trends on the internet, hence the phrase BuzzFeed. Well, yep, that's right. They've launched two podcasts, and part of the reason was they just wanted to basically uh, have a better connection with their audience. And really, there's not a whole lot better way to do it than with a podcast. So I found that kind of interesting that another news source is uh, jumping on board. And then the last bit of news here is NPR is working on a tool to help people discover podcasts. Now, if you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 455, you'll see I have a link right to the form. And I'll read this to you. It says NPR is working on ways to help people discover podcasts. And we need your help. We're looking for podcasts from public radio and beyond. And we'd love for you to share some of your favorite episodes with us. 
Here's the only rule. If you are someone who creates radio or podcasts, please don't recommend anything produced by you or the organization you work for, which means you can't vote for yourself. So if you'd like to go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 455 and uh, recommend me, that would be very nice. If you let me know that, I guess I could recommend you. I don't know. Is that how that's going to work? Because it's really what people are going to do. I don't know. Because then I'm not really recommending my favorite podcast. I'm recommending somebody that recommended me. And that sounds kind of sleazy. We talk about that today. So, yeah, let's not do that. Unless you really want to recommend my show. Because I'm not down for that. Uh, it says, over the next few weeks, we'll complete, we'll compile your suggestions, wrangle them into a sortable guide, and publish a tool that will help connect you with great listening. And I know my buddy Rob Walsh over at uh, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, and uh, today in iOS, he's the VP of Podcast Relations at uh, Libsyn, says, there really isn't a discover problem in podcasting. Do, do you have any problem finding cereal? No, because they put out a phenomenal product and everybody was talking about it. Hence why I'm really into word of mouth marketing. That's why I'm really digging deep into that. So it's not so much a discoverability problem. It's the fact that, well, in some cases, your podcast sucks or it's not inspiring people to talk about it. Oh, that was harsh. Uh, so that's something to think about. But it's it's interesting that you have people like BuzzFeed you have people like NPR that are playing in the podcasting pool. So that's the thing I like about that. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. Yeah, speaking of if your show just isn't very good, uh, myself and Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach himself, do a show called Podcast Review Show. We have a, a new episode out where we reviewed uh a show for the jewelry industry. And uh, speaking of podcast reviews, uh, I was on the Podcast Digest show. You can find this at the Podcast Digest, oh, easy for me to say, the Podcast, the Podcast Digest.info. And again, I'll have links to all this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 455. Uh, talking a little podcasting, but uh, Dan actually reviews podcasts. He's, he's trying to help people find good stuff. And uh, he had me on his show to talk a little more about podcasting, not so much from the listener standpoint, but from the uh, producer standpoint. And so here is a little clip from my talk with Dan. How do you feel? To be on your own. How do you feel? With no direction home. How do you feel? All right, I'll just quit. Like a rolling stone. Okay. How do you feel about a podcast website? How important, what level of importance would you put that? Because I've heard yourself, Paul Colligan, Real Brian, all kinds of folks kind of land in all different places on this topic. What are your thoughts? Depends on what you're doing. If you are looking to just get the word out, I mean, on one hand, if you don't have a website, how do you share it with people? Then you have to share the podcast. Like you have to tell your your audience, hey, you know, subscribe here in iTunes or in Stitcher or whatever it is. There's no place to send people, right? So how do you right. say, yes, go see it. It's right here. It's kind of hard to link to nothing. So you, to me, that's why you need a website. You also, if you are going to try to monetize it all, and by all means, you do not need to monetize your podcast. But, you know, if you're saying, hey, go out to, you know, whatever your website is.com and click on the Amazon banner. Well, if you don't have a, you know, website, kind of hard to click on the Amazon banner. And, uh, you know, if you want people to sign up, things like that, it's just an, a great way to, uh, 
connect with people. So, you know, on the other hand, you can use your media host as your website. Not something I would recommend, but it's, I'm starting to really feel that there are a lot of different recipes for podcasting. There are definite best practices, but it really does depend on what you're doing. I'm doing an experiment right now where I'm trying to podcast for free and I'm doing all sorts of things that I normally wouldn't do. But on the other hand, if you have somebody who, you know, a teacher that wants to do a podcast with a bunch of kids and they don't care about their website, they just, they just want to get in iTunes and record some stuff. Well, here's a solution for that. That's, that's completely different than the person that wants to start a podcast for their business and get a better connection with their audience. You know, that's, that's two separate things. You're not going to have a one size fits all in that situation. And there you go. You can hear the rest of that conversation. It was a really good time. Over at, again, the podcastdigest.info. And while I was over there, we're going to kind of move into monetization. I saw where Dan was playing with Teespring. Now, they have an affiliate program. So if you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash Teespring, that is T-E-E spring. It's a kind of a cross between Kickstarter and T-shirts. And basically what it is, it's, you can go in and say, look, like right now, again, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 455, I'll have a link right now. And I'm amazed. I, I said, look, I want to sell five School of Podcasting t-shirts as a test to see if anybody would. Now, if we go back to uh, the typical stat of uh, 3%, a lot of times that's the magic number. 3%. I know you'd like to have 100% or 50% or you know whatever percentage you could. But a lot of times, something you might want to shoot for is 3% of your audience will actually take action on, you know, whatever it is you want them to do. So for me, that would be about 36 people, give or take, somewhere between that. And um, so that's why I said, let's shoot for five. <laughs> and um, here's how it works. If you have just, let's say you just had a website with just your domain name on it, just just text right? Maybe it says something like podcasters do it with their mouth, right? No logos, nothing. That t-shirt would be $7.30 and you could sell it for eight bucks and make 70 cents per person. And if you had a big audience, you know, if I did that, right, if I made uh, 70 cents, let's do a little math here, times 36, I'd make $25. And so you can make this kind of a campaign, and some of the theory is if somebody really wants the T-shirt, A, they'll buy more than one, or B, they'll talk their friend into buying one because if if you don't meet your minimum number of T-shirts, none of them get made. Hence, it's kind of like a Kickstarter crowdfunding thing. Now, when I uploaded the logo, the School of Podcasting, all of a sudden, the cost of the T-shirt went from $7.30 to $14.75. So now if I sold it for 15 bucks, I'd make a quarter. And this is kind of the problem with, uh, now, then you tack on shipping for that t-shirt, 18 bucks for a t-shirt. Now, I haven't bought a t-shirt in a while. I haven't been to a concert in a while. I understand concert t-shirts are crazy. And uh, I have yet to buy one of these uh, t-shirts to tell you what the uh, the quality is. But I could see where you could use it as a, a fun activity to do with your audience. I could see it as a way to maybe make a smidge of cash. It kind of depends on what you're looking for. Is this a, a monetization tool or a promotional tool? Because now 
talking about word of mouth, if somebody's sporting your logo, maybe somebody will say, what, what the heck is a school of podcasting? And they can say, oh, well, here, go to my website, click on my affiliate link, and it will tell you all about it. So it's interesting. Ryan Parker, Mr. Foodcraftsman.com himself, said he tried this and didn't have a huge amount of success with it. I know Leah Laporte, when I was talking with Dan from, again, the podcast digest.info, he said that Leah Laporte has done this. So it's something to look into. And you can adjust the t-shirt. So if you want to make a whopping ton of cash, or you can charge $50 a t-shirt and make tons of cash, uh, that would be like $35. I don't know if anybody's going to be buying a uh, a $50 t-shirt, but it is something to look into. And here's the thing, throw it on the wall. Mine has, I announced mine on uh, Twitter and on Google Plus. And uh, I'm amazed that three people have said, I'll buy one which is cool. I really, really appreciate that. And because uh, if you were to buy the, the minimum order, if I haven't mentioned that yet, is five. And five dollars or five t-shirts, if you had your logo on it, $14.75, let's call it 15 bucks to make it easy math, 75 bucks would be if you wanted to buy them and give them away. And really, if you're going to be giving them away, you know, you could look around and you might be able to find a better deal for 75 bucks uh, and get more t-shirts for it. But it's an interesting concept. I liked it. It was kind of cool. So that's that's one way for looking to, A, interact with your crowd, B, get some sort of activity going with your community, and C, maybe make a smidge of cash. Uh, again, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash teespring. Now, another thing that is new, I've used Square to accept credit cards. Don't use it as much anymore. I, uh, I use a different system now for my invoicing and things like that if I'm doing one-on-one consulting. And... Uh, but if I have somebody on the phone, they want to give me a credit card, I'll I will surely pop in my little square thing into my phone and I can take credit cards that way. Well, Square has come out with a new way. And this is kind of a, a, a smack in the face of PayPal. It's called cash.me. And you ready for this? This is so cute. You can get a cash tag. Yes, isn't that? Get it? Hashtag. Ca- oh, yeah, that's funny. And uh, mine, if you go to cash.me, slash dollar sign podcast coach. You can uh, give me money for no apparent reason just to say, Hey, let's, I don't think this works. We could do the, what is that? Reverse psychology. I, I bet you can't give me money. Well, I'll show you. Uh, the fun thing is it's 1.5% is what they're going to take, which compared to PayPal and other places is a lot less. So if you're looking for donations and some people just flat out hate PayPal, all you do, you type in your, uh, your debit card info. And it, that's the other cool thing about it. That money goes right to your bank account. Shazam. So if you are thinking of adding donations to your mix of ways of, of earning income with your podcast, and again, you don't have to monetize your podcast, uh, check out cash.me. And if uh, you want to give it a test run, buy me a uh, Mountain Dew cash.me slash dollar sign podcast coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame on me for not mentioning this right up front. New Media Expo right around the corner. Yep. And I want to thank uh, some folks who did send in. I'm doing a session on 
overcoming podcasting fears. Because there are those people that are like, you know what? Eh, I got something to say, but I just got, if I could just need nee, that thing. That's what I want to know. That nee thing that's in your way. Yeah. And I had uh, 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 some folks email me, say, here's why I'm not. And again, you will remain anonymous. In uh, in this case, one person sent me in and said, can you not out me? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm not looking. Again, this is a no, there's no shame here. This is your reality. These are your valid fears. And I want to know what they are because I think I have some things that might make you go, hmm, never thought of it like that. So if uh, if that is you, I would love to hear from you because I really, if you're new to the show, you know, I love to help people podcast. And I, I know you have something to say and I want to help you say it. And I, I hate to hear when, well, you know, I was going to do this, but I was worried about, oh, let me help you with that. Let me please help you with that. So please send those in. I've got uh, a decent outline already set up for my uh, my presentation. And again, if you go to nmxlive.com, use the coupon code SOP2015, SOP2015, or just go to schoolpodcasting.com slash nmx. That will also get you there. And if, you know, this is right around the corner, April. And if you're like, ah, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it, check out the virtual. Yeah, you can actually virtually attend. You'll get uh, links to all the recordings, all the PowerPoint slides, things like that. Looking forward to that. And uh, if you're going there and you see me, please come over, shake my hand, introduce yourself, and then forgive me later when I forget your name. I know I always say names, not number. I'm horrible with names. Uh, I'm actually reading a book on uh, how to help remember names because that just drives me nuts. Um, and I am at times outnumbered. There, there, in some cases, there are more of you than there are of me. And uh, that drives me nuts, especially if it's somebody I haven't seen since last year. I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, oh, there's that guy. It's, oh, it's Wayne Henderson. That's who that is. Right? So. Um, but please say hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week we talked about uh, spotlighting topics in your show that you kind of go, is there anything here that you're going to tell your audience about? And I, I, as I was editing this podcast, as I was editing this interview, because the fun thing is I've known Dave forever, Dave Hooper, redpodcast.com. And, uh, so we talked for a long time and I'm like, I usually have an interview somewhere around 20 to 30 minutes here. And uh, you'll hear how Dave set out to be different. He talked about information that, that people are facing. I call that value. Uh, you're going to, we're talked a lot about his launch and um, I'm just going to do the Dave thing. And when I hear these, I'm going to point them out. And um, if you're new to the show, it's kind of weird. It's just something I do. But I get excited and I want to make sure you caught it. And it's not that you're dumb and that you didn't get it the first time, but I, I get excited. I just can't hide it. And sometimes I lose control and I, I think I like it. Here we go. Well, joining me via Skype, which is really cool. What have I, man, how long have I known you? I've known you a long time. 15 Years at least, yeah. Uh, Way before podcasting, I don't. I wasn't podcasting then, were you? No, I uh, I, I started off as a newsletter. 
And it, oh yeah. And you were doing <laughs> That's a music. How long ago. <laughs> yeah, and you were doing a music conference yeah. at the time. Oh yeah. But uh, the lovely tones of one David Hooper. Uh, we you can find him all over the place. He's music business radio. How long have you been doing that? That's been going on about ten years now. Yeah, that was that was my first venture into a real radio studio. That was cool. I got to go on the show down in Tennessee. And uh, recently you ventured into the Red Podcast, which stands for Real Entrepreneur Development. And you said, hey, you know what this uh, what podcasting needs? Uh, an entrepreneur podcast. And, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but you know what we decided not to do uh-huh. is no interviews at all. First 100 episodes, just me and my wife, Laurel, also an entrepreneur. And I've got reasons for that, which we can get into later on in the conversation if you want to. Yeah, that's the the thing I liked about it is when I heard you do this, I was like, well, holy cow, that's that's kind of cool. And then I could see where you were putting your own spin on something as opposed to here's my seven questions that I'm going to repeat. And it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> the system. Yeah, the system. Exactly. <laughs> well, strangely enough, the reason we decided to do that was because of music business radio. I was a music marketing guy when I started music business radio and still am largely. I did it because of the music conference that you mentioned. I was sick of doing the conference, but I wanted a way to market myself. So I said, okay, I'm going to go back into radio. I'd done a little radio in college and had a show post-college. So I'm back. And this is a great way for me to market myself. But the problem was it's an interview format show. And I was having all these really amazing people in there. Guys like you'll appreciate Dave, Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Yeah. old school, classic musicians, the president of Sony records. I mean, big time people we had on there. And the issue that I faced was that I was no longer the expert. People were coming up to me and this is very flattering because they would recognize my voice or recognize the name. And they thought I was just a DJ. So it didn't really (laughs) help me with my music marketing. And when I got into the podcasting space, wanting to branch out two more non-music things, I said, "Uh -uh, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to be the expert. No interviews. How many books do you have out? Oh, probably 10. I'm working on a new one, strangely enough, about podcast marketing, how to launch a podcast. So if somebody's like, when we hear the phrase marketing, like how do you define like marketing? And the reason I ask is I I just did a Cleveland podcasters meetup. And so these are people in, in some cases that are brand new to any kind of content creation. And of course, once you get that first episode out, you're kind of like, great. And somebody says, well, you need to market yourself what would you say to the brand new person that's like, okay, market myself. And I I guess we can say Facebook and Twitter, but. Well, that's where a lot of people go, but I think the marketing actually starts before you hit record the very first time. And let's take it back to red podcast. Like I mentioned, no interviews. We didn't want to do any interviews at all because part of our marketing is you're going to go here for people who've been in the entrepreneurial space and they're going to talk about the things that you are also facing. That's part of the marketing. Part of it is going to be the branding. I really love your podcast, School of Podcasting, because you're kind of snarky and I love how you interrupt interviews that you've already recorded. I hate when I do that. Why does he do that? What what a weird egomaniac. Just let the people talk. <laughs> That's part of marketing is personality and it's it's the feel that somebody gets when they listen to you. John Lee Dumas certainly has his own vibe. He's going to crank those things out day after day. And you know what you get when you go listen to John Lee Dumas. But the issue is, as you kind of hinted at it, do we really need another entrepreneur podcast? And that's something that we faced when we started Red. And a lot of people, 
they don't think about that. They think, oh, John's doing it, so I'm going to copy exactly what he does. You can't do that because marketing, to take it back to your question, is really who you are and kind of expanding on that. As I say, put some zeros behind it, put a megaphone in front of it. It's louder, bolder, more exciting than you are. And, and that's where it starts. And then once you have that foundation, once you have your message that you want to spread, that's when the things like Twitter come in or iTunes or any kind of social media going out, doing the meetups like you're talking about mm-hmm. and spreading the message, you know, even further. Well, and getting your snark on. That's right. <laughs> so I love that here again. And we've said this over and over and over on the show. Be you. You are never going to out John Lee Dumas, John Lee Dumas, because it comes natural to him. The other thing you do that's really cool, you have really good titles. How to have meetings that don't suck <laughs> and avoid <laughs> meetings that do. You know, how to wake up early and get more done. Well, that's the marketing background. I'm a copywriter. And a lot of what we do, we try to get people to shows in the music business, get people to sell more records, get musicians to make more money. But also from the, the bookend, a lot of my stuff was doing writing. And if you look at our show notes, if you go to redpodcast.com, you'll see that we just do bullet points. And those are the highlights. Everything mentioned there is because I'm going through editing the show and putting those bullet points in. So yeah, I, I try to make them sexy a little bit, you know, kind of National Enquirer, the kind of stuff that you would see when you're checking out of the grocery store. But um, yeah, also, you know, be pretty, pretty blunt, like how to blank and not try to get too creative on people. Yeah. I don't want to get too, uh, too cutesy. Yeah. They need to know what you're talking about. Well, with music business radio, when, when I was on it, it was, like I said, that was, uh, what's the, uh, what's the actual station? WRLT in Nashville. And you can listen to that live if you wanted to lightning100.com is the website. Yeah. So that was cool. I mean, I got to go into the whole thing and the soundproof and the RE twenties, you know, wall to wall everywhere. And it was cool. So, so you, you're still doing that and now you're doing podcasting. Are you actually doing all the audio editing and all that stuff? Or are you just taking it back to the engineer at the station and going, here, fix this? <laughs> I wish. Cause they got some great engineers, as you can imagine in Nashville, these guys know what they're doing and they make me sound fantastic. And that was one of the issues people had kind of given me this reputation of, oh, you've got a great radio voice. You sound so great. It's like, oh, great. How am I going to do that if I'm podcasting and I have to do everything? So that's really what I'm doing. We built a little studio in my house. And when I say little, it's more or less kind of the glorified walk-in closet, soundproof. We use a couple cheap mics, not even RE20s. We use ATR 2100s, thanks to the recommendation from you. Got a mixer, it goes straight into the computer. Record that. Laurel and I are both pretty good speakers, so I can go back edit that, put in the post-production, the theme, the intro, the outro, and then more or less just run it through all phonic, put compression on it, take out some of the noise and we're good to go. Yeah. All phonic is like a miracle drug at times. I'm like, you know, you hear it and you're like, Oh, somebody will send me a file. And I'm like, all right, let's see, let's see what all phonic can do with this. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And just to uh, jump in here, all phonic, a U P H O N I C.com. Again, everything will be linked to schoolpodcasting.com slash 455. It's really good to get the levels balanced out. And we run it through, I, I have a uh, compressor and a gate, like a noise gate to keep, mm-hmm. the, keep right. the, the breathing and things. So that helps a lot. But other than that, it's just straight in. We don't any, you know, no reverb like a lot of people do or nothing like that. Because yeah. podcasts sound better when you sound like you're in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those old 1980s, DJ air checks. If you go to YouTube, you can find oh, yeah. all those where the DJ sounds like he's, he's in the safe. 
<laughs> and some people love that. And, and I understand it. Look, as a musician, maybe you can relate to this. When I was learning how to play electric guitar, I was cranking out the reverb. I thought it was so cool. And I think maybe podcasters are the same way. You kind of get hypnotized by your own voice and listening to the reverb. Listen to me. I'm in a cave. Yeah, that doesn't work. How am I supposed to be with you when you're there and I'm here? And... Hello? Is anybody listening? Back to Dave. But uh, no, we just do it dry. You're actually at a good spot right now. You uh, on, on your website as I record this, you're on episode number one, two, three. So you've got 100 episodes and, and some change under your belt. Yeah. Um, let's go back 123 episodes. When, All you, right. when you launched this thing, you really did. It, it seemed from... From the outside, I saw you posting some things in the School of Podcasting Facebook group and some other things. It looked like you really planned a, a, a well-thought-out launch. So tell us a little bit about what you did. Well, to go back to the episode number, one of the things that we did was launch with 25 episodes. Okay. So we got in, recorded. I don't know. We're, we gang run. We do two or three at a time sometimes, get in there, edit them. And when we went to iTunes, we actually had 25 episodes. That's one of the things that I think really helped us to get to the top of the charts. I think, and I wasn't watching this too much, but I believe we were in the top three spaces and we were in there with like the daily show. They were usually number one, but on new and noteworthy, not just for the business category, but for the entire iTunes for about eight weeks. And it really helped us. And I think the 25 episodes had a lot to do with that. One of the things within the 25 episodes that we did. And, and granted, let me explain this a little bit. The podcast was going, it just wasn't in iTunes. Yeah. We launched to iTunes a month after we were already in business. And we did five episodes a week. During and I'm going to interrupt him here just to make sure you, you get this. Do you realize a couple things here? Number one, you don't have to release everything you record. What if Dave recorded 30 episodes and said, wow, those five over there, those stink. Okay, there's no rule that says because you recorded it, you have to release it. There's also a rule that says just because you... Re now, how do you have a podcast without being in iTunes? You just put it on your website and you still have an RSS feed. People can subscribe that way. And, and so it's still a podcast. There is an RSS feed. You're just not in... It's like being in business but not being in the phone book. Just because you're not in the phone book doesn't mean you're not in business. And... So I, I love that idea because so many people think, well, if I record it, what if it's not right? And the beauty of this, uh, you'll hear Dave talk about how they edit. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. You can fix it in the mix. We're musicians, Dave and I. We're used to fixing it in the mix. Back to Dave. In that time, the first month, just to kind of get our feet wet for us to kind of figure out who we were as a podcast and also to build the momentum. But we were doing giveaways. We went to people like you, Dave, other established podcasters, and we said, hey, we're going to have you as a sponsor for a show or a couple shows. We give away stuff on every episode, and that would be things like Amazon televisions. We were giving away Chromecast. We were giving away Kindles. We were giving away books. We were giving away iPods. We were giving away things that we thought podcasters could listen to and also things that entrepreneurs could learn with. And I want to stop here to tie into last week because this is, we're talking about his launch here. And he said he was way up there on the charts. Okay. Got it. And you go, yeah, but he was giving stuff away. Yep. Yeah, which means what? Means, which means it wasn't cheap. So it was, it was a quick rise, but it wasn't cheap and it was good. 
So we said, you know, here's the deal. This is from, from Brian from ProfitCastUniverse.com. We talked about this last week. When you launch anything, a business or a podcast, it can be good, it can be quick, or it can be cheap. But you can only pick two. So here, Dave had good because he's an entrepreneur and he was talking about things that people face. So he knew his audience. Um, he went out and gave away some giveaways to get people to, to, to spur that word of mouth marketing, right? Well, that's not cheap, but in the process, he shot up to the charts kind of quickly. So he had good and not so cheap equaled quick. So I love this. When I heard this, uh, back this, uh, this, interview was done about a month ago. And uh, it's kind of cool because it ties in very nicely with what we're talking about last week. And uh, Dave's a Dave's a guru, man. He knows it. So basically gave away a lot of stuff and cranked out a lot of episodes right there at the beginning. And we still do three, three days a week. That was what we did the first month, five days a week. Well, what did you have to do to, to earn a giveaway? Like what was the listener getting? Like, do you have to rate and review you or what was the? Sign up on the list. No, no, uh, no forced, forced reviews. We would appreciate a great review. It's, I guess it's an ethical thing. It just seems a little weird. Like, Hey, just review us and then we'll give you something. It just seems kind of manipulative to me. And that's coming from a marketing guy. So that's pretty manipulative, right? <laughs> so you, you launched the podcast. Looking back on that, anything that surprised you that you're like, wow, I didn't, didn't expect this or I, I, this is harder than I thought or this is easier than I thought or... <laughs> Uh, you'd have to ask my wife about that. She's my <laughs> co-host on it. And originally what we were going to do, we were like, well, we're great speakers. We don't need to edit. <laughs> so the first, you know, 15 episodes or something, we, we didn't edit. We just, just roll the tape. We'll, we'll go with it. And we found out that it makes it 20 times better when you do edit. So I'm a big believer in editing. That was one of those things that probably added a little bit to the workload. There's just a lot of little things. Sometimes you don't feel like recording. We've got three episodes a week, as I mentioned. So we have to do those ahead of time. And if we're not feeling it, we just said, all right, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Like we've literally gotten into the studio. We've recorded episodes again, not often, but when we were first starting. Because I want to, I want to stop it there. You can record it again. I think my record is somewhere between three and four because I kept doing an episode with no notes. And I was just all over the place. So, yeah. And uh, for the record, to, to edit down this interview that you're hearing took me 36 minutes because there was a, a big chunk at the beginning where Dave and I were just getting caught up. And then there was some stuff at the end. We're just talking post-interview. That's out of there. Uh, got rid of a couple things that uh, yeah, I went for the best questions and answers for you. And so, yeah, that added 36 minutes. And that's 36 minutes that, A, didn't pertain to you, B, wouldn't impact you. And so you end up with what I'm hoping is stuff that you find. Well, I'm not hoping. This this is giving you insights. And this, this is one of the reasons why I asked Dave to come on. Number one, uh, he's a marketing guy. So I wanted that marketing arm. But also, Dave's been doing this about nine months now. And I wanted insights from somebody that could be you in nine months. Right. The, the best time to plant a tree was about, you know, whatever, 40 years ago. The best time to start a podcast is, well, uh, right now. And so here Dave is nine months in front of you. You could start right now. And so I wanted his insights on that. And um, so just 
again, I always say, now, do you have to edit? No, there, there are no rules in podcasting, but there are best practices. And there are newspaper editors, there are book editors, magazine editors, film editors. I think there ought to be podcast editors. We want that energy to come through and some episodes are going to be better than others. But if it's really not that good, I always hated to listen to these podcasts where you would turn it on. They say, well, we're not sure what we're going to talk about today. So uh, <laughs> we need to put a podcast out and here you are. I don't want to waste people's time. Yeah. And that, that includes energy and, and topics. I, I think that the really cool thing has just been the reception of red podcasts. I think a lot of people have been just really amazing and, and, and open-minded. I mean, I'm coming from a, a music business background and you know, this as a musician yourself, Dave, I, I 20 years in this, I kind of was dealing with all these jaded musicians Oh man! <laughs> and, and podcasters. You've got that too. You're going to have that anywhere, but a lot of people are just so hungry for knowledge and, and they're so excited about starting their business. It's really fun to be part of that community. Well, what's the, what's the goal of your podcast? I see you have a, uh, a red three X club. Was we that do. The, was that the original idea or? Red podcast really started was because Laurel and I would have these conversations about these other ventures that we had going on. And we were eating one day just at a restaurant. She said, you know, if, if we tape these, we could put it out as a podcast. These, these, you know, kind of let people in on our lives as an entrepreneurial couple, although it's not a marriage podcast, but how do we live and we work together? That's kind of a secondary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at making the jump from the music business. Just the, the quick and dirty on that is that I put out a book called Six Figure Musician a couple of years ago and people started coming to me that weren't musicians being like, oh man, this is amazing because what you're doing in music of growing an audience, developing this kind of connection, getting people to live events, selling products, that's the same thing that I do. And I started looking at opportunities maybe outside of the music business just to kind of, just I needed a change. It's like a midlife crisis, you know, 20 years in the thing. I wanted a little bit of a change, you know. So it was an opportunity for me to kind of explore working with different kinds of people. They could get to know me and then we would worry about the monetization. We weren't really worried to, you know, I wasn't going to be like, hey, I want to be the next John Lee Dumas. <laughs> I mean, I was doing podcasting a lo- long time before John. I had a, a music marketing podcast and music mm-hmm. business radio, of course, has been a podcast for 10 years, although it's a broadcast radio show first. Uh, but I think it's, it's great for anybody who wants to spread a message. I, I guess that was the main thing. I, I had something to say and I wanted to share it. Well, oh, did you hear that? I had something to say and I wanted to share it. See, this is the thing. I know that's you. I know that's you. I know there, it's, you know, there are people listening to this, but I know this is you probably. I believe so. I have something to say and I wanted to share it. I was like, man, that should be a bumper sticker. It's beautiful. And that's really, I think at the heart of every podcaster, we all have something to say and preach you know, on. Hey, here's a microphone. What do you know? I can reach a global audience. Let's plug this thing in and see what happens. Right. Well, and I've got a, a domain that I blog on is called 23hours.com. But before that, when I was looking at maybe a non-music business domain, it was going to be called Big Bold Impact. And it was for about a year because that's really what it's about for me. I'm looking to connect with people that are not in it for money. Once you get about $60,000, they say that you're not going to be any more happier. $60,000 is going to cover house, car, Mm -hmm. maybe vacation. I, I wanted to connect with people that wanted to have impact, that we're going to do things that in my opinion would make the world better. And, and, and that's really what that was about. And this is my version of that. 
Well, so as you've put this out now, how is your community? Because obviously this is a new community for you. It's not the the same old musicians. Have you, you know, have you been kind of impressed with the the feedback? Are you getting feedback? How are you building your community? We are getting feedback, but the weird thing about radio, and this happens with music business radio, every time I've been involved with broadcasting is you're sitting in a little bitty room and it's just you and an engineer, or you and your co-host, or maybe it's just you and you're recording something that goes out and you really don't know the impact that it's having. Mm-hmm. And I see that all the time with musicians. They would do something in the studio and if they were on a label, they would go to maybe another country that's helped them tour. Either people would show up or they wouldn't. It's like, oh man, this is weird. We've never been to Poland yet. There's five or 700 people ready to see us. So I, I don't, it's too early to say. When I went to New Media Expo, for example, last year, we weren't doing a podcast at all, but we kind of knew we were going to get into blogging, maybe do a little bit more podcasting. And now we've got, I guess, about eight months in on Red Podcast. Like you said, 123 episodes as of today. And it'll be interesting to see if anybody's listening. I mean, I've got tweets that say people are listening. We've got statistics that say people are listening. But are those just numbers? I don't know. And if they are just numbers, it doesn't really matter because I'm, I'm looking for connection. I'm looking for real people to listen, not just more lips and numbers. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in that. Oh. We certainly were the first few weeks, especially during that big promotion. We're like, oh. all right, this is great. And we, I thought, did a pretty good job. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think the first eight weeks, I think we did 122,333 downloads, which I was happy with for yeah. a brand new podcast. I didn't have any kind of audience. I just built it from scratch. That was with us really pushing hard and, and we haven't continued on that trajectory. We're, uh, <laughs> we're building this thing up one at a time. Yeah. One listener at a time. It, it yeah. is, we, we did a, uh, an episode of the podcasters round table and man, in like 2005 and six, it was awesome because your stats looked like a hockey stick. It was just going through the roof. And I was like, Oh, I miss those days. Cause now it's like, all right, I'm up, you know, and it's weird because on one hand, I appreciate every listener, but when you've had that kind of trajectory now you're like, all right, we're up 10. I'm like, all right, well, that's better than, you know, nine. So let's, let's run with that. But you do miss the days of the, the hockey stick stats. Well, I think you have to think about that, but I think about this a lot actually, because there's some guys that are online in the blogging world and some in the podcasting world as well. And they seem to be reaching a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you have to ask yourself, are they really making as much impact as they could with fewer people or are they making the impact that I would want to make? I've always thought that the biggest impact is going to be a one-on-one thing. For example, if you were to go adopt a child, I mean, think about that kind of impact. You're literally changing somebody's life from A to Z. Mm. You could write about adoption. You could talk about feelings or money or whatever people talk about on blogs. And that would maybe impact somebody a little bit, maybe make them feel sad or happy, but that's not the kind of impact that you could have one-on-one, even though you're reaching more people. So we're trying to, to get that balance. We want to reach as many people as possible, but we're really trying to do big impact activities. And that's what you mentioned, like red three X, like some of the coaching stuff that we've got, we've got very small coaching opportunities that uh, are kind of attached to red and maybe that's where the monetization comes in now, but we're talking six or seven people at a time. Very, very small. And I'm going to jump in here. We talked with Amy Schmidt tower a couple weeks ago 
And she said that she sees her podcast as a way to serve her audience. And then that, you know, because you're helping people, it builds that reciprocity. But here I, I find Dave again in that role of, I don't just want numbers. I want to help people. And you don't have to have that mentality. You don't have to have that attitude. But I think it helps because when you, when you see the why you're doing it, when you understand why you're doing it, then you can make it through the how. It's when you're not sure why that you kind of get lost and you get, you know, you, you just scour over your uh, Libsyn stats screaming, why? <laughs> why won't you grow? Right. Like you said, big, bold impact. So you'd rather do that with a small group than almost impact, you know, 50 people at a time. I'd rather have a big, bold impact with six. Yeah, it, it's not a, it's not an ego thing for me. I remember going to, strangely enough, mentioning New Media Expo. I went to a, a book a book expo, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, oh man, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm selling a lot of books. We're 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 good. We're good. And I had had a really good book year that year. And I remember talking to somebody, and uh, you go in there, and it, it's probably like going into National Association of Broadcasters if you're a podcaster. You could go in there and. Uh, say, well, you know, I've got hundred thousand people this month downloading my podcast. And they would say, oh really? Well, you know, 5 million people listen to us every week. You got to start somewhere. And that's basically what happened to me. (laughs) It's like, I thought I was the man. I thought I was reaching a lot of people. And you realize that there are people that are reaching a lot more people than you are. But the one thing that you can do is you can really try to work on impacting people. That's it. And well, let's, let's take that. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, I think, I think building those communities, we're trying to do things where the podcast really is more background noise to the community. So we're doing meetups, doing these smaller events, the podcast, it's great free information and it'll give you an idea of what we do, but we're trying to get with you one-on-one on the phone, get with you in the group setting on the phone live. We do a lot of live events and we try to get in the nitty gritty with you to help you to do what it is that you say that you want to do, which is for us is for people to, to build a business, get more money, get more people, traffic. And, and that takes a lot of time. We can't do it like we want to with the 25 minute red podcast. We can start something, we can support you, but we want to do more than that. Let's talk about like your interview process. Usually what I'll do is I will do a preview or pre-interview call, maybe a day before or maybe a week before. And I'll call somebody like I call you Dave. It's all right, Dave. Hey, it's David from Music Business Radio. Just call him to check in and talk to me, just tell me your story. And I'm going to listen to you talk. And as you're talking, I'm going to write down some interesting things. You'd say I've been podcasting since 2005. I have had a billion episodes. I've had eight failed podcasts. I've had three good ones or whatever the statistics are. So I'd be writing all this down, uh, listening to your story more than I am talking, which as a side note is, is how to do a really great interview. Well, that's a, that, that was one I went, oh wait, hold on. Cause he's in the middle of a sentence here listening is the way to a good interview that I was like, Oh, I'm pausing it when I hear that, because that's, that's a golden nugget for a good interview. You got to listen, have all that information. I write it into kind of a, a format where I think I can have a beginning and a middle and an end. But when you come into the station, I think this is what you're talking about. We'll sit you down in the business office. And the reason for that is because people are coming in, they fought traffic. And a lot of times they're nervous about going on the radio. So we just want to hang out producer might get you a cup of coffee. He's going to tell you that there are four sections 
12 minutes, 13 minute sections. So you're not thinking of, oh my gosh, I've got to talk straight for an hour. You're thinking of just little bitty sections. We'll just kind of hang out. We'll make up some kind of BS like, oh yeah, the engineer's getting the mics ready or we've got somebody in the studio. Just, just wait a minute and we'll get you relaxed. Just get you kind of hanging out with us and kind of get some off the cuff stuff. So you're not so nervous. Walk down to the, uh, to, to, well, to take it back while you're in there, if you start to tell me something that's interesting, what I'll do is I'll stop you. And this is what you're talking about. I said, well, Dave, 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 let's, let's wait till the tape is rolling. But that sounds like a good story. And I'd like to get that on air. And the reason for that is, is because I don't want you to say, well, Dave, like we were talking about just a minute ago, I don't want <laughs> you to say that. And I don't want you to have to deliver something with that kind of excitement again. And it's like fake excitement. Right. I want it to look like I'm discovering something and I do as much as I can to know what's coming up ahead of time. I used to tell people I'm like an attorney and you're on trial. I want to know what the answers are. So we both sound good, <laughs> but there is an element of, of discovery and there is an element of, of surprise in there. And sometimes we'll dig and um, yeah, that's, that's the way that, that I discover it. I'll give you basic topics, but I'm not going to give you the questions ahead of time because this doesn't need to be like two robots talking needs to be like two humans interacting. Yeah. And like you said, if you kind of know, I guess the expectation of the answer, you then avoid a bad interview. Cause that way, you know, the person's like, so what did it feel like when your, you know, record went gold and they go good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had that. And, and that's kind of the interesting thing about dealing with musicians. Cause sometimes they don't talk like people talk. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, man, you know, just, it was good. It was just deep. You know, I'm just really trying to reach the people and uh, yeah, it's all about the fans. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, uh oh, what am I going to do with that? And, and that's kind of where the experience comes in. But with, with something like Red Podcast, the good thing is, and really the radio show too, is we're not doing it live. So we can get you in there and we can either edit something if you're rambling on about something right. or we don't have to do it at all. So I like to get in there and play and experiment and that's to me where the magic happens. Cause sometimes you'll, you'll hear these stories and you're like, wow, that was like so cool. It's like, it's like me being there. And I don't think that story has ever been told just from asking the good questions. Like we said, you've got a hundred episodes under your belt. What would you say to the person who is thinking about starting a podcast? Cause here's the main objections. And then we'll let you put your marketing hat on. I hear a lot. Nobody's going to listen to me. Uh, you know, you have that whole imposter syndrome. So I would suggest for anybody who is a beginner podcaster, just get in there and play with it, man. Record it, do 20 episodes, have no intention of putting them out. You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to start this next week. We had 25 episodes in the can, as I mentioned, before we launched to iTunes. They're already out on the web, but we didn't really go live because iTunes, to me, that's the big fish. That's where people found out about us. If you don't have the radio experience that I have, if you're not used to hearing your own voice though, I think that's a good exercise just to get you used to what you sound like because nobody likes hearing their own voice. I know people that don't like to leave answer machine messages <laughs> and keep in mind too, when it comes to voices that if you put yourself through something like Alphonic, they're going to compress you. You're going to mm -hmm. add a little EQ. You can make it sound however you want to. So as far as imposter syndrome, I think that everybody has experiences and that's one of the reasons we've started to bring in guests on red is that 
Laurel and I, with as much experience we have at building businesses and getting out and doing things, we still don't have the experiences of people that we would interview. And you as a brand new podcaster have your own experience as well. It's the stories that make a podcast interesting. Anybody can get on and list here are five steps to do well on Twitter or here are five steps for social engagement, whatever the hell that is on Facebook. That's boring though. Tell the stories about how you've engaged people on Twitter, had more following on Facebook. And I, I, I found another great title, uh, how to market with social media without looking like a narcissist. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, that's another thing that people have, not only just the imposter syndrome, but they're, a little too worried, like, oh, is it going to be all about me? I'm not used to having attention on me. And I can yeah. understand that. Then you've got the flip side about people where it's all about them. So <laughs> you don't want either one of those. You're going to find that happy medium. And, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. So again, the, the website is redpodcast.com. That stands for Real Entrepreneur Development. Mr. Hooper, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I'm so glad. I listen to it every week. I love it. I don't think there's a better person that's staying on top of the podcast game than you are, Dave. And I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited about New Media Expo and seeing what you do with it. I think it's going to be so much fun this year. Yeah, it should be fun, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. And there you go, Mr. David Hooper. And what's cool about his website, right? Obviously, Red Podcast. Shocking that he has the color red on the website. That's a cool way. But it's a brand... And what they do is every show, they have like a square with the show number on it and the title, which just says, put me on Pinterest, share me on Facebook and Twitter. It's very shareable stuff so that people can see that you've got that great title. And again, Dave using his copywriting background, those titles are the headline of your show. That's what people go, ooh, I want to listen to that. So thank you so much. Mr. David Hooper, good guy. Uh, and um, go check out his podcast. Uh, it's it's a good one. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. So glad you tuned in. Hope you got some stuff out of that. Would love to hear from you. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact is all my info. If you like this show and you want to get future episodes, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and all the options will be there. iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have a website yet and you're going to start a podcast, check this out. Send me an email. I did this last night. Uh, Myra sent it in and I'm going to say within an hour, her website was up and she was in the school of podcasting. When I say quick start, now that happened to be, she caught me when I was home in, in the Dave cave doing stuff like that. But typically within 48 hours, your website will be up and you'll be in the school of podcasting. Just send me an email with the phrase quick start. And what happens is you order hosting through an affiliate link of mine. That means I earn a commission. And because I earn a commission, we take that commission and apply it to your membership at the school of podcasting. So you get a free month and then uh, you just send me over the email that you get from the hosting company and I install WordPress and all the plugins for you. It was really, really cool. And Myra is very excited to uh, start her podcast. And you're like, Dave, I already have a website. I want a podcast. I heard Dave talking about having something to share, something to say, and you wanted to share it. By all means, go over to schoolpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code Listener. That is L I S T E N E R, all lowercase, and that will save you on your first month. So, one uh, one other clack, one last little call to action. I know I'm I'm sitting here telling myself in my head, you've given about twenty seven calls to action. Yeah, I know. Uh, New Mini Expo, right around the corner. 
schoolofpodcasting.com slash NMX. Use the coupon code SOP2015. Looking forward to that in so many ways. Going to hang out with uh, all my buddies, uh, Ray and Daniel and and uh, Corey and Mike. And I could name, you know, a, a bazillion different names. If you're going, let me know. And I will uh, see you there. And uh, until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.